Welcome to the First Assembly of God podcast, a ministry of First Assembly of God in Greencastle, Pennsylvania, where we are passionately pursuing His will, His way. You can find out more about us on our website, greencastle-firstassembly.org. Now, let's dive into today's podcast. You can grab your Bibles today. We're going to jump back into the book of Acts. It's been a few weeks, and we're going to dive back in. A Spirit-Empowered Church. A Spirit-Empowered Church. The book of Acts we've been journeying through for a few weeks now. And uh, we've made it to Acts chapter 2. Can you believe it? Acts chapter 2, and uh, we've taken a few weeks off going, uh, you know, we have had Family Mission Sunday, we had Joe Cali, uh, we focused on our annual business meeting, we had some different things happening, and we're going to dive back into this series, Acts chapter 2, and it's just so neat. And it's just like the Holy Spirit. We had our uh, Wednesday uh, Bible study uh, last Wednesday. And uh, Ben, uh, one of our uh, men's teachers, said, now next Wednesday we're going to be learning about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And we're like, yes, that sounds great. And it just happened to be that's the scripture we're in today. So we're going to learn about the baptism in the Holy Spirit today. And Wednesday you're going to learn about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And if you have questions, it's a great time to kind of interact and in your discussion there. And uh, we have pamphlets and different things out in the lobby you can grab for more information. And so it's just the Holy Spirit's lining this up for this hour and this moment. Amen? And we need, as we've been saying, to be a Spirit-empowered church. You know, there's a lot of wonderful churches in this area. And uh, uh, this church has, this area has many great churches some churches teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some t- churches teach on the power of the Holy Spirit. And some churches kind of shy away from that and maybe distance, themse- distance themselves. But today, I want to be really clear. We are a church that believes in the power of the Holy Spirit for today. Yes, that God is using us, God is raising us up. To be a church that's filled and empowered to be the church today, amen? Amen. To be his witnesses today. And so that's what we're going to look at today in a moment to give you a little review. So maybe some of you, this is your first time in this series. And maybe for some of you, this will be some review. Uh, Luke wrote the book of Acts, and many believe is in conjunction with the gospel of Luke. So Luke and Acts are kind of two volumes that kind of go together and giving one big story of the birth, the development, the expansion of God's church, and the kingdom of what God's doing here. Uh, Acts 1.8, which we'll re- reference, is a key verse in the book of Acts. It speaks of God's power being poured out and that it will give people the power to be witnesses. Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And one, one of the most interesting things about the book of Acts is that it doesn't have a, just a nice, neat ending. It has just, a, just an ending that's kind of like open-ended. And there's, a, there's an intention, there's a purpose behind that because God's story is being written, continuing today on your life. 
in this church. God's continuing to, 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 to release and empower people with his presence and his power today to see lost people be saved, to see a, see a nation changed for Jesus, to see uh, our communities impacted for the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen? Thomas Trask writes this about the book of Acts, and as we see the church, he says, these were a people of prayer, of the word, of fellowship, of evangelism, and of discipleship. They were committed to spreading the good news about Jesus. You know, it sounds like church today. It sounds like a church today that's empowered, that's by his spirit to pray, to, to read his word, to fellowship with others, to share Jesus with others, to make disciples. That's what God is doing today. That's why we've gathered here today. That's why you woke up, your alarm went off, and you got up and you came to church today to be a part of a body of believers that's pursuing Jesus with all of our hearts. Do we get it right all the time? No. <laughs> We're not per- where there's no perfect church, there's no perfect people. But our heart is to do his will, his way whatever that looks like in our, in our context, in our time, where God's placed us, we want to do what God wants us to do. Amen? Amen. So Acts chapter 2, we're going we're gonna to launch in there. Let me go over Acts chapter 1, just some, some groundwork. Jesus instructed his disciples to wait in Jerusalem for the gift that the Father promised, the empowerment, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised in Acts chapter 1 that his disciples that the power of the Holy Spirit would empower them to be his witnesses and to spread his gospel to the ends of the earth. And number three, the followers of Jesus obeyed the Lord by returning to Jerusalem to wait for the gift that the Father had promised, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So when we pick back up in Acts chapter 2, as you have it in your hands, as we pick it back up, we pick back up in a prayer meeting, a gathering, a gathering of believers saying, God, whatever you want to do, would you do it through me? God, whatever you want to do, would you do it in my life? I hope that's our heart when we come and gather together in worship. We might not always, you know, you know, you know, you think about songs and worship and people have all their ideas and opinions. We, we might not always agree on the choice of songs or this or that, but I hope our hearts come to say, you know what, God, whatever you want to do, would you do it in me? God, God whatever you want to do, would you do it in me? Whatever that looks like. Jesus said to his disciples, I want you to wait in Jerusalem until the gift of the Father had promised has come upon you. And when it does, you're going to receive power to be my witnesses. Now, do you think they understood what all that that meant? No. <laughs> do you think they, they knew what that would look like? No. But they said, you know what? Jesus said it. It's his will, it's his way. We're gonna do what God said. We're gonna go, we're gonna wait. And so they're, they estimate about 10 days after his ascension, they're gathering to pray together. They're gathering to praise together. They're worshiping. They're spending time in his presence together. 
Did you know that every Tuesday night we have a time where we come and we gather to pray together, to worship together? It's, it's like our upper room on Tuesday nights. There's, there's a billion other things we could be doing. There's all kinds of things. And, and, but Tuesday nights, we come together. We say, you know what? We want to make Tuesday nights a place of prayer, a place of, of, of pressing in. It's a place of worshiping. It's a place of intercession. We, we bring needs before the Lord. We, we, we make faith declarations. We believe God to do great things. And we encourage you. We invite you to come on out Tuesday nights. You know, I've heard, oh, there's only a few people. It doesn't matter if there's one person or there's 400 people. God wants us to meet together to pray. You know that revival starts with prayer? If you, if you look through church history, you're, you know, revival started, it was birth in prayer. Renewal starts with prayer. Awakening starts with prayer transformation starts with prayer god wants to raise up an army of prayer warriors I, I, every time we gather i just know like god wants to continue to to add he wants to continue to bring people together to pray one of the things that God was showing me before we even moved here, before we even knew we were going to be a pastor here, God was downloading all kinds of things, but prayer was that key, and I preached on it in my very first sermon out in the garage. Who are here outside in the parking lot? Come on. How many of you know you can have church out in the parking lot? <clears throat> that was our first Sunday here, preaching in the parking lot. And I preached on Prayer. The place of prayer, the priority of prayer, that God wants to do something in this church, in this region, and it's going to start with prayer. It's not going to start with a program. It's not going to start with some, some pretty little thing. It's going to start with prayer. God's going to bring us to a place of humility and, and dependence. What is prayer? It's, it's saying, God... I don't know what I'm doing. It says, God, only you know. Only you can do this. It's putting all of our dependence on God. Before we were even, um, uh, before we moved here, before we even started here, the first thing that we actually did here, I think ministry-wise, was we didn't know it was. I was moving stuff into my office. We were putting boxes, and it just happened to me. Can you guess what night of the week it was? It was a Tuesday night. We had no idea that prayer was on Tuesday. We were just putting boxes in there, and we came around the corner, and there's people coming in. And like, Tuesday's prayer night. We're like, great, let's, sounds good. Let's start this thing off right, you know? And God just orchestrated that, that our first time here to minister would be in that prayer meeting. We just joined hands in the circle. I can remember. Debbie had some powerful words for our kids and prayed over them. And we just knew this is, this is where God has brought us. People of hunger and prayer and intercession and believing that God's going to do something. That the best days are not behind us, but that the best days are what? Ahead of us. God did awesome things in the past, and we celebrate that. But God wants to do something even greater in front of us. 
And so we see in Acts chapter 2, the, the church is gathered, the disciples, are, they're gathered, they're praying together, they're worshiping together. And it says this in verse 1, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Jesus, would you help us today? Help us, Lord, to grasp, to understand. Give us a hunger, Holy Spirit, for your presence and for your power. Jesus, would you give us a humility today to say that we can't do this on our own? Or maybe even say, I won't do this on my own. Jesus, would you empower your church today to be your witnesses? In Jesus' name, amen. For Pentecostals, and as an Assemblies of God church, Acts 1 and 2 are key scriptures for what we believe and what we practice today. And maybe you've come from different churches and different backgrounds, and I want to give some teaching on what we believe, and not just, it's not just a doctrine we believe in, I hope. I hope it's a practice. I hope it's, it's something that we don't just believe or we carry in our head, but it's something in our heart, it's something in our life. The power, the presence of the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist saw this regarding the baptism. He said this in Matthew chapter 3. John the Baptist says, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Jesus reiterated this promise in Acts chapter 1. He says, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. We think of baptism, it's a, it's a picture. We have our baptismal tank back there, and what happens in water baptism? You are plunged under that water. You are immersed into that water. You are baptized in that water. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is very similar. You are plunged. The power of the Holy Spirit is, is immersed in your life. They're gathering together. They're worshiping together. They're praying together. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit is 
poured out upon their lives. It says it happened on the day of Pentecost. Pentecost was a Jewish, Jewish festival. It was celebrated the 50th day after Passover. And so it was called Pentecost, which the Greek word means 50th. Pentecost is, means 50th. And so 50 days after Passover, this day of Pentecost, it was a Jewish festival. It was a normal thing. And they're gathering, they're praying, and God pours out his spirit. This is what we believe, this is what we practice regarding the baptism. It's in some of our statements of faith that says this, all believers are entitled to and should ardently expect and earnestly seek the promise of the Father, the baptism in the Holy Spirit and fire according to the command of our Lord Jesus Christ. This was the normal experience of all in the early Christian church. With it comes the endowment of power for life and service, the bestowment of the gifts and their uses in the work of the ministry. You say, well, pastor, how, how do I know if I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit? How, how do I know if, if that's happened to me? Well, let's take a look back at our scripture. How, how did they know they were baptized in the Holy Spirit? Acts 2, 4 says, everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. And began speaking in other languages. Maybe your translation just sim simply says speaking in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability or as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. The New King James says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Tongues or languages here refer to spirit-inspired speech in a language that is unknown to the one speaking, but it's known to God. The Greek term here is glossolalia. Maybe you've heard that term before. The identifying evidence here of the baptism and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is speaking in other languages that are unknown to you. Luke plainly describes that this is the visible sign that the Holy Spirit's power has been poured out on a believer. Speaking in tongues is that first initial physical sign that a person has received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And so, like I said, Wednesday night we'll go, we'll be talking about all ages. Kids will be learning about that. The teens will be learning about that. The adults, that's why we, we're using this new Wednesday uh, teaching curriculum. And it's going great. All ages are kind of learning the same topics and scriptures and subject content so that it can promote kind of discussion in your homes, in your way home, uh, the cars, different things. Of uh, We're learning the same content, discipling our families all consistently on Wednesday nights church the mission hasn't changed any he says go and make disciples of all nations he says be my witnesses to the ends of the earth the mission has not changed one iota the needs are still so great 
The lost still need Jesus. Church, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Not that we can have the goosebumps and say, wow, didn't we have church today? That's not the purpose of the baptism. The purpose of the baptism is to be a witness, an effective witness for Jesus. Maybe you grew up that the priority of the baptism was just an experience at an altar. We praise God for those experiences. We praise God that that happens, but that's not the purpose. If the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit and it just, if it just stopped there in that upper room setting, Jesus would not be happy. But Jesus filled them and empowered them. And what happens? Peter begins speaking and preaching and prophesying and, begins, and then the disciples begin to go out and the church begins to grow and expand. Church, we need to be a spirit-empowered church. Let's continue reading in uh, verse 5. It says this, At that time there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, a province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, all these people groups. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. Like, wow, that's amazing, but what in the world is going on? What can this mean, they asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, ah, they're just drunk, that's all. The crowd's reaction. You can kind of identify, maybe someone has heard you go to a Pentecostal church, and what's their initial, oh man, they're swinging from the chandeliers, you know, those holy rollers, they're just, uh, those wacko Christians, whatever their their perception is of, and uh, I've been in many Pentecostal churches, and there's only been a few chandeliers, no, I haven't seen anyone swinging from the chandeliers, but I remember growing up, we grew up in a very uh, highly Catholic area, and a lot of my Catholic friends, that, that was what their perception was. Oh, you guys swing from the chandeliers, right? You roll down the aisles, I was like, I've never done that, you know? <laughs> but the people there, they, they knew something was taking place, they're amazed by it, and then they're like, questioning what in the world that church is crazy they're they're speaking the language that we know how are they they don't know that language and i what what is going on there what is taking place there and peter gets up peter the one who usually says the wrong thing right the one who wasn't that long ago, he was denying Jesus. I don't know him. You know, you got the wrong guy here. He, he gets up empowered by the Holy Spirit. And he doesn't just give a little sermon or a teaching. He gives a prophetic utterance. 
He says what the people can hear and understand, inspired by the Holy Spirit. One theologian says this was a spontaneous manifestation of the gift of prophecy. Peter, empowered by the Holy Spirit, he gets up and he addresses the crowd in verse 14. He says this, Then Peter stepped forward with the eleven other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. He says, this isn't just something, idea that they had in their heads. That, hey, guys, we're going to gather together. We're going to do this, and, and it's going to be really cool. It's, this is something that God spoke about years ago, centuries ago, and God's doing something new today. He says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons, your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. He says, we're living in a moment that God spoke about centuries before. That young and old, male and female, will be empowered by the Spirit of God. I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. How do we know that it's still for today? Have you seen the moon turn blood red? Have you seen the great day of the Lord yet? No, it's, oh, it's almost like the, the bookends. If you have bookends on your shelf before, you, you have the books here and you got this bookend here. And he's talking about in the last days, so as the ascension of Christ begins the last days period of the church. We're living the last days just as they were. This is taking place, but there's coming the great day of the Lord, right? The, the, it talks about judgment and the rescue and all these eschatological themes but in that interim period we're living in that church age where God's pouring out his spirit on his church today it says the sun will become dark the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved what is it doing? It's tying the baptism to the purpose of the baptism. The baptism is power to be a witness. He says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. Well, what's that have to do with the baptism? Because the baptism is about empowerment to be a witness. It's not empowerment just to roll around and to look super spiritual. It's empowerment to be a witness. That everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
So whether it's a teenager in their school and inviting their friends and sharing the gospel and a friend calls on the name of the Lord, they will be saved. Or maybe it's a, it's a man going to work and he's sharing the, the gospel with a coworker and what that man cries out, if he calls on the name of the Lord, that man will be saved. Or maybe a friend of yours you're having coffee with and you're discussing things with and, and she calls on the name of the Lord, she will be saved. It's a promise that we're living in a time of grace, that God's pouring out his spirit on his people. God's proclaiming the name of Jesus across the land and everyone that calls on the name of of the Lord will be saved. Doesn't matter where they've been, what they've done. I think we think uh, certain things about sin, but um, I think it's just becoming more obvious today about people's sins. I think people were maybe better at hiding it in the past, but now people flaunt their sins. Just a reality that they need Jesus. They don't need someone pointing their finger and, and speaking down. They need, they need the love and the truth of Jesus. There's people that are hurting today. They're confused today. They're struggling today. They're wrestling with all kinds of things today. Maybe things they wrestled with years ago, but it just, just wasn't talked about. But now it's just it's talked about. It's, it's out there. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Under the power and inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Peter recognized that what the prophet Joel spoke about centuries before in Joel chapter 2, God was doing now. Peter saw that he was living in the last days, and so are we today. This is the time, friends, that we live in. These are privileged times that we get to be a part of today. Jesus is still pouring out his spirit upon his people today, young and old, men and women God is empowering his people for his purpose of sharing the good news, of drawing people to come to a place that they will call on the name of the Lord to be saved. This present world is chaotically racing towards its climactic conclusion. Say it again. This present world is chaotically racing towards its climactic conclusion. Jesus will soon come to rescue his church, to bring judgment upon all evil and wickedness and to make all things new. But until that day comes, until that time comes, in this time that we live in, may we be a spirit-empowered church. May we act, may we live like a last day's church. Exactly. 
How does a, act, how does a last days church act? Well, how, how did the Acts 2 church act? They were pressured. They were, they were criticized. They were maligned. They were ostracized. And yet they were faithful. They proclaimed the gospel. They suffered for the gospel. They gave everything they had for the gospel. And how did they do that? Because they were empowered by his spirit. It wasn't just an idea that they had or it wasn't just their good intention. They were empowered by his presence. They were empowered by the spirit. They were compelled by the spirit to go and to share. Question for you today. Are you empowered by his spirit? Are you faithful to his mission? Are you ready for his soon coming? Are you empowered by his spirit? Are you faithful to his mission? Are you ready for his soon coming? The Lord's been drawing the service to this point. I felt it in worship. I knew it was just God was bringing, bringing us for this purpose today, to believe God, to do what he wants to do in your life. And so I'm going to ask our prayer team and leaders if they come forward, and we're going to just pray for people. We're not going to yell at you. We're not going to spit on it. We're not going to do any of this, maybe the stuff you've heard people do. We're just going to, we're going to pray for you. We'll lay our hands on you. And we believe that same power that empowered the church then, that same power of the Holy Spirit empowers the church today. Maybe you've struggled with your walk with the Lord. You say, oh, I just, I just, you know, I struggle with this or that. And God wants to empower you to be a, a witness for him. He wants, to, he wants to release the gifts of the Holy Spirit in your life. He doesn't want you just to survive. He wants you to, to thrive for his glory and his honor. Jesus is still pouring out his spirit today. So as our prayer team comes and as our leaders come, prepared to just pray for people, I want to ask right now is if anyone needs to respond to the gospel of Jesus. It begins with responding to everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. There's no baptism. There's no empowerment without salvation. And so if that's you today, if you just give your heart to Jesus, just say, Jesus, I call on your name. Jesus, I call on your name. Save me. Deliver me.
Jesus, I confess my sins. I acknowledge my need for you. And Jesus, I turn away from my sins and I turn by faith to you. Save me, deliver me, cleanse me in Jesus' name. And if you'd like to be prayed for to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I would invite you to come. We just, again, we'll just pray for you. We'll lay our hands on you and, you, and you just need to step out on faith and speak what the Holy Spirit gives you. The power of the Holy Spirit is available today. Would you say, Jesus, would you baptize me with your Holy Spirit. Would you release your power and your presence in my life like never before? If that's you, if you'd like to pray, come out forward, or all family and for friends, come come forward. Don't be shy. Don't be bashful today. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to agree together with you today.
Jesus name. As you're out there, just pray. Let's let's just pray. Let's just intercede today. Stand to your feet. Let's lift our hands today. Let's make this a place of prayer. Pray in the Spirit today. Jesus, fill your people today. Use us for your glory and for your honor today, Lord Jesus. Jesus, hallelujah, Lord, hallelujah, Lord. Yes, O Lord. Lord Jesus, would you do it today? Would you fill us? Would you empower us for your glory, for your honor, Lord Jesus? Jesus' name, Jesus' name, would you do it today, Lord? Hallelujah, Lord. Jesus, fill your people today. Fill your people today. Empower us. Use us. Send us out. Send us out, Lord Jesus. Send us out, Lord Jesus. Send us to the nations, Lord Jesus. 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 You can be right in your seat and receive the baptism. You can be on your way home. You can be at home. You can receive the baptism wherever you're at. Jesus, would you baptize? Would you fill people with your power, with your presence? The outpouring of the Holy Spirit today, Jesus.
We glorify your name, Jesus. We glorify your name today, Jesus. Spirit to the Lord today. Lift your voices to the Lord today. We glorify you, Jesus. We glorify your name today, Lord Jesus. Use us. Fill us today for your presence, for your power, for your purpose. will not lead you to where his spirit hasn't guided you. And as his spirit guides you, he will put your feet to action. And your heart will be obedient to him. Jesus, may we be obedient to you, Lord. Your word is so clear. May our view may not be clouded today by culture, by society, 
by our feelings, by our emotions, but may our heart rest firmly on the truth of your word that is the same yesterday, that is the same today, that will be the same forevermore. Thank you, Jesus, that you have not changed. That you still actively pursue us. Make our hearts obedient. Remind us, Holy Spirit, to be obedient to your word. Doesn't matter how old you might feel you are or how young you feel you are, Jesus wants to pour out his spirit on you. It says your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. God bless you. He says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Jesus, we pray. We pray for your empowerment. 
Lord, that you would give the spirit of prophecy to be poured out. Your sons and your daughters would prophesy. Your old men would dream dreams. Lord, help us to dream again, Jesus. Give us visions and dreams. Give us words of wisdom and knowledge. Release the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Faith and healings and working of miracles, Lord Jesus. Tongues and interpretation of tongues, discerning of spirits. Lord Jesus, would you release the giftings of the Holy Spirit? You'd release us into the marketplace, into our workplace, into our homes, operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, empower your church to be what you've called us to be, to do what you have called us to do. Lord, help us to be a spirit-empowered church. Not just one that reads about what it was or not just one that studies what it looked like, but a church that's living it today. Empowered by your spirit to make a difference for your kingdom, for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just as we did with the, the healing time last week, and maybe you feel like, oh, I didn't receive that, that healing, continue to pray for that healing. Just as, as today, maybe you feel like, oh, I didn't receive that empowerment. I didn't receive that. Well, continue to pray. Continue to press in. Maybe it's going to be a time in your alone time and you're quiet before the Lord. The, the Lord's just going to move upon you. He's going to empower you with his presence and his power. Just that, have that be your prayer. God, whatever you want to do in my life, would you do it? Whatever you want to do in me, Jesus, would you do it? Jesus, I thank you for your people. I thank you for this church. I thank you for what you've started, Jesus, and what you're going to do. Lord, you're, you are pouring out your spirit. You are causing us to take not just steps of faith, but leaps of faith. And Jesus, truly the best days are still yet to come for your glory, for your honor, and for your kingdom, Jesus. Lord, that before we had, we had plans for just this room, and God, would, we, we used to pray, Lord, would you just fill this room? But God, what you want to do can't be contained in a, in a room, Jesus. It can't, it can't be bottled up in a room, Jesus. What, what, you're, what you are going to do is going to be released into this region. 
not just this community, not just this neighborhood. What you're going to do is release it into this region, Lord Jesus. Jesus, you will bring people, you will fill people, and you will send people. You'll bring people, you'll fill people, you'll send people. This house won't be a container house. It won't be a place that we just gather to contain. This will be a a sending house. People will come. They will be healed. They will be restored. They will be filled. And they will be sent out. Jesus, would you send people? Jesus, would you bring people? Would you fill people when you send them out to be your witness? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. available today, folks.
verses to wait on you. Jesus, Jesus. As I come into your presence, past the gates of praise, to your sanctuary, to a standing face to face, I look upon your countenance, I see the fullness of your grace, I can only You are life's sweet grace. You are awesome in this. 
There's nothing like his presence. The psalmist writes, better is one day in his house than a thousand elsewhere. Better is one day, Lord Jesus, in your presence peace with your power.
we won't have an official ending of the service, but if you need to go, you're welcome to go. If you want to stay and linger and pray and seek the Lord, you're welcome to do that as well. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you haven't done so yet, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and share it with those you know. Our prayer is that you will find true and lasting life in a relationship with Jesus and that you will live to do His will, His way, for His glory.